0: How many of you have the gift of turning the most simple things into the most complicated situations? Just curious. I, I'm like this. I'm like this all the time. It's really interesting because um, I was telling my wife not too long ago, I was telling her, uh, 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 so we talk sometimes. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was telling her not too long ago that uh, uh, I... I I think that for some reason, I don't know why, and I'm not saying this is true in all circumstances, just kind of a generaliza- generalization, if you will, uh, but I was, I was saying that it seems like some of the most rotten times of my life, like the deepest valleys, the biggest trials, tribulations, I found peace. The Holy Spirit gives, me, gives you peace. I found that. I remember one time I had a car engine fall on my hand, and I thought my hand was gone. And a friend of mine hits this lift and it lifted the thing up I and mean, they got me out really quick. And there was absolutely nothing wrong. The doctors couldn't figure out. I was in the back of the ambulance singing and praying. <laughs> because and I asked I couldn't remember what happened exactly. And I asked my friend, I said, What happened as soon as that that thing hit me? He goes, You just looked up at me and said, Will you please get this off? <laughs> I don't even remember because so much, you know, so much adrenaline was flowing and I don't know why God's been like that with me. I I don't, because it's all on his grace and his peace. I don't don't get it. But (laughs) there's always a caveat. The problem with me is not the big things. It's the little things. That's where I really blow it. That's where the Holy Spirit has no control over me for some reason. That's where I, what do you call it, uh, quench the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's when it happens is in those small things. Like, for instance, my hands don't always work, all right? little arthritis, and it, from, you know, car engines falling on it, but also sports and stuff growing up, I guess. And so those pill bottles, what is up with those? So the children, you know, children can't get in them. Apparently I'm like 10 because I, I can't get in. Anyway, I, I, when they finally get them open, then the pills, are like the ones I have to take are like really, really small. I drop them all the time. Now, I don't know if this is just me, but when I drop them, they vanish. I mean, I'm by myself in a very small bathroom with a tile floor, I dropped one pill, and I'm on my knees for 30 minutes looking for this one pill, just because my wife will be mad if I don't find it because the chihuahua will eat it and die. (laughs) I'm serious, I don't think I've ever found a pill. After I dropped it, and I don't know where they go. It is the weird, and I get so frustrated. I can turn something so simple that's taking a pill to my mouth and turning it into a half an hour event. It really is amazing. The other day, I don't know why I do this stupid stuff. The other day, I was actually trying to adjust my seat in my car. How many got those things you reach down you know, that has a little lever and you adjust it? I'm doing that while I'm braking. <laughs> it was not the smartest thing. In fact, the person stopped a little bit faster than what I was expecting. And so I looked down, I looked up, oh, and so the whole seat just, poof, I'm like, gets a string. It's just the dumbest thing. I can turn the most simplest things the most complicated. That's the way I am with, like, handyman stuff. Don't ask me to ever fix anything. One time I turned our garage into a living room, and I built myself in between a wall and the garage door. I still don't know how I did it. I, 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 I've tried to assemble things. Oh, my gosh. Come, Lord Jesus, because... When I start to assemble anything, my wife and everyone in my family, when I was younger, my kids were young, would just leave the room. In fact, they would leave the house. And here's the thing, I'm not, I, I understand the struggle with wanting to cuss. I, I've never been a cusser, so it just never really, you know. But the most biggest cuss words that I have, I use them all. Like dag nabbit is probably one of the biggest ones I've got. But I use them all whenever I'm assembling something, because it never, ever works according to the instructions, if you have instructions, and if they're in English. (laughs) Because I don't know about you, but I can turn something, I can, in fact, it's kind of a running joke in my house that I can turn an hour job into a four-hour job (laughs) without any trouble whatsoever. I remember one Christmas having a 30-minute wrestling match with the Little Mermaid tent. (laughs) I'm not joking. This is me. This is me. I can turn the most simplest things into the most complicated. Now, we are starting this series called First Things First. And in First Things First, the next few weeks, I must be honest, I'm gonna throw this out to you right away, you're gonna be challenged pretty hard, all right? You're gonna have your toes stepped on a little bit. We all are, okay? We're all under the submission of the authority of the word, hopefully, and not under any one person that's standing up here talking uh, like me. So, as uh, all of us, are, uh, if we if we're honest, let's put it this way: you will be challenged really hard, in a good way, for the sake of watch, uh, following Jesus. If you listen, you know if what I mean by listening is not always with your ears. You know, it's with your heart. If you're open to the idea that maybe some things need to change in your life, for the sake of the glorification of Jesus Christ, then. You're going to be challenged. If not, that's fine. You won't be. You know, because, I mean, obviously, the Holy Spirit's got to play that kind of role in our lives. And, this, and, and I, I'm, so I'm just putting it out there to be, you know, as we get started. So today, I'm setting up this series, but then we're going to get into some very specific things in the next few weeks with Tyler and Jonathan that are going to really hit, hit home. Uh, I, I think that's for sure. When it comes to how do we keep priorities in our life? And and here's the thing, this is just my uh, opinion, some of this stuff is, to be, I was being really, really honest, I I messed up again, there's something wrong with my glasses, and I can't see very well, (laughs) so I don't know if I can read my notes, this is so embarrassing, so it may not be, may not be as what I, so if stuff comes up on the screen that's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about, that's what happened. Guys, you might have to, like, try to predict what I'm going to say and put it up there so I can see what, see better. Okay. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, the reason I bring that up is because, is because I, I really, I'm not sure I even need them. Because there's, there's, this is something that I wrestle with all the time. So it's not that hard to talk about, to be flat out honest. Is I can make the most simplest things complicated. And here's the thing. I'm not so sure that God wanted it that way. I'm not so sure that he even made us complicated, as complicated as we think we are. And I'm not sure that life, hear this, so this is a big one, I'm not so sure that life is as complicated as we think it is. I'm not so sure that life is as complicated as we have made it. I can take one hour job turn into four hours, I can do that with life all the time. I can take the most simple things, that God has said and turn it into a whole apologetic for Darren and turn it into the most complicated situations. And if you're honest, I think you would probably say the same because the truth is, I'm not so sure we were, we were, we were made that way. Now, I'm to uh, I really think that we were made to be simple in so many ways. But we, we love to fight Simplicity. Now, I love this passage um, that is in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is one of my favorite books, by the way, if, if you don't get depressed. It, it's an incredible book. It really is. Uh, but when you look at Ecclesiastes, there was a writer by the name of Richard Foster who actually uh, turned our attention to this particular verse. It's actually in the, uh, found in the Septuagint, which is the Greek writing of the Hebrew Bible, in, in Ecclesiastes 7.30, and it says this. Oh, yeah, I have the TV. That's even better. God made man simple, man's complex problems are his own devising. Is this straightforward or what? <laughs> God made man what? Yeah, man, women, okay, women too, all right, don't let yourself out of there. This mankind, it's one of those, you know, all-encompassing words in the Hebrew. Don't worry, I looked it up. Not really, but I know what it, I know what it is. God made man simple, man's complex problems are his own devising. Boy, is that true how many complicated things in my life have I had to sort through because of me? Not because of God. God made things actually fairly fairly simple. But I've complicated things. We fight simplicity. And I think the reason that we do, I'm not so sure that we're not in love with the complicated. I think we enjoy complicating things, and the reason we do is because it helps us avoid the truth sometimes. It helps us to avoid the simple truth, but God has made us be more simple than we are. Now, as we enter into this series, First Things First, I want you to understand something. We're going to talk about a lot of things that should be happening on the outward part of life. But I, I, my goal, anyway, my goal isn't to necessarily turn you all into um, uh, minimalists who live off the grid and love organic stuff. Now, now maybe that's, that's, that's all good and fine. Uh, that's, that's fine. But we're not necessarily interested in that. But what I'm interested in is, is, and I'm praying for, that you will challenge your hearts to become people who are more single-focused in a more simple way when it comes to following Jesus. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but this world has a lot of voices out there. It's complicated. It's confusing. It's chaotic. As to who I'm supposed to listen to. As to who I'm supposed to please. As to what I'm supposed to be. But the truth is, I'm going to put that Ecclesiastes passage back up here. God made man simple. Man's complex problems are his own devising. You know, Jesus said, I can't remember the, I can't remember the uh, exact location right now off the top of my head, but I just was thinking about the scripture. Uh, Jesus said that, uh, uh, that our whole lives are, are kind of like uh, a, single, a single eye that we're supposed to be focused on. An old light comes in that, in that eye. James talked about in the sense of don't be double-minded or be single-minded. David said in Psalms something along the lines of, we have divided hearts. Don't be divided. Jesus said you can't serve God and, and stuff. I mean, how, how, many, how many scriptures do we need uh, we're, we're God and Jesus, the Son of God himself, telling us that how complicated our lives get because we make it that way? And so that's my prayer, that we might become more singular-focused. And I love what uh, Richard Foster wrote is this. Next slide. There you go. Simplicity is an inward reality that can be seen in an outward lifestyle. So this morning, I'm talking about this inward reality. That it's amazing if we were actually to simplify our faith, You know, it's funny that Jesus would talk about us becoming like little children. Simplify our faith. And what does that mean? And and how do we go about doing that? Well, the only way that's going to happen is if we train our hearts to simply trust God. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how do we simply train our hearts to trust God, to simply trust God? How do we train our hearts? I say simply train our hearts. That's not right, is it? How do we train our hearts to trust God, simply trust God? Because it's not always that easy, especially in our complicated world. And so I've got a couple ideas that came my way, but also you can read about them in Ecclesiastes. But also, these are, honestly, I sat down, and I was thinking to myself, you know, years ago, years ago, I wrote, uh, I used to keep a journal and when my kids were young. And then uh, when they became adults, I gave them a copy of that journal. So I would, I would write things down like what they were doing when they were younger and what my prayer was for them and stuff like that. And, um, but because, uh, because I thought life was too complicated, I quit doing that. So the journal wasn't very long. As I went back and was reading some of it, I was thought, man, was I an idiot. <laughs> uh, I was just, I was so young and stupid and now I'm older and stupid, but, you know, I, I know it now, which I didn't then, so that's, yeah, but I i started, I was thinking through just not the other day, a couple, last couple of days actually, uh, I've spent quite a bit, I spent quite a bit of time alone actually, and um, one of the, the things that just kept popping through my head was, is that what... What is the most important thing in life? I mean, really. And you know, I know we have that conversation often in society, and the reason is, is because of all these voices, and people are getting so confused. I we, I mean, I, I've heard, there's a whole TV shows, I think, based on these, this idea. And usually, it's always about stuff and all that, and we're going to talk about some of those things, and you're not going to like it, but we're going to talk about it. But... This morning, what about your heart? I mean, what, is, what does your heart really, really, really want, you know? Is it that complicated? And I, I was, as I was kind of searching through my own self, this is what I came up with. This is my advice to how to try to keep things simple, how to train your heart to be more simple, okay? Here's the first one. And that is, uh, don't blow things out of proportion. Now, here's what I mean by that. My wife is the queen of this. How many of you have a spouse that blows things out of proportion all the time? Okay. And I mean this in a kind of a funny way, all right? But my, my wife is actually pretty hilarious with some of this because, but everything's always. Anything that happens uh, with her, for instance, let me give you a for instance. Um, if I, she, if for some reason she is craving Mexican and wants me to go get it, Mexican food, then she tells me, I'm going to die if I don't get Mexican food. <laughs> okay, I mean, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Uh, let's see, a couple other uh, ideas here. What, I remember when the kids were younger, she used to, blow things out of proportion with them. Every time they were in trouble, she would say things, I am trading you in on a new dog. <laughs> if she's, she would say something along the, along the way of, uh, uh, I know she said this to me and also to friends, Any, anybody ever had a mouse show up in your house? Mm. always a fun time in my house. Because apparently, because I'm the I'm the man of the house, I'm supposed to take care of all mice and bugs. I didn't realize this, and open jars. And if I can't do any of these things with my great pill hands, then apparently I am not masculine by any stretch of the imagination, and I am told this. And when a mouse shows up, everyone knows it, all right? And her reaction is always the same we need to clean everything and then burn the house down (laughs) and then build it back and clean it again before we ever, I'm like, you realize we live across the street from a field. Mice are around and when it gets cold, that's what happens. Anyway, it doesn't matter about logic. We blow things out of proportion though all the time. Now here's the thing. I'm joking around about some things that we do, uh, just messing around or saying things, we, you know, that we're just the queen of, king of drama. But the truth is, we do live life like this. I, what if uh, things don't go this week the way they're supposed to, according to us? We're all going to die. Death, hell, burn the house down. Now, I'm I'm not saying that there aren't important things in life. I'm just saying that people who trust Jesus, trust Jesus with the important things in life. And when you trust Jesus with the important things in life, you don't blow things out of proportion. You don't turn mountains, make mountains out of molehills. And I know God is just, He deals with me with my vanishing pill problems. But the truth is, when the hardest tribulations come, is the Holy Spirit telling you to just hang on? Don't worry you just be about awaiting the blessed hope that is coming, the Jesus who is going to redeem everything. And I just, I can't help but think of the despair that I hear in the voice of a lot of Christians. And I really want to say, you're blowing it way out of proportion. (laughs) That's what the Ecclesiastes writer says, verse 8, uh, chapter 8, verse 15. And I commend joy for man, woman, has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful. For this will go with him or her and his or her toil through the days of his or her life that God has given him or her under the sun. You know what he's saying? <laughs> you should live life with joy. And the reason you should is because it's not gonna last. You also have a good time. And you might as well, as the, if you read the whole context, you'll find out you might as well also understand that God is the author of all these things. He's the author of joy. He's the author of life. If Christians can't have a good time and quit blowing, blowing things out of proportion, if we can't a, a, a trust and have a good time, who can? Because I've read the end of the book, and I know who wins. Don't, don't you understand that? Don't you know? And regardless of what t- ho- tomorrow holds, we know who holds tomorrow. I need some amens on that for crying out loud, guys. Seriously. It's like, you, it's like we're, we're, without response, it's like you don't believe it. I'm just being honest. Do you believe that or not? Yeah. Because you, you, you need to get fired up about it. And here's the reason why. is because sometimes when you need the emotion and the emotion isn't there, it's because you're not practicing it on a daily basis. Walk. You're not practicing a daily walk. The reason I get so upset about the stupid pill vanishing on the floor is because daily, I'm not, I'm not, my emotions and my heart's not engaged with him. I'm just being honest. I'm not really trusting him. Well, th- these are things that I should be laughing at and they're turning into anger and bitterness and disappointment for me because I just blow things way out of proportion. A <laughs> little mermaid tent. It had some duct tape, but it worked. <laughs> the, the things I just put together recently, they didn't hold, they didn't hold very long, but I had fun when it did. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, think about the bigger things though. The second thing I, I really think is this, is Ecclesiastes says this too, is you got to enjoy life. You really have to enjoy life Uh, that's what I just read isn't it I read the wrong yeah I just read that okay thank you so in in moments in the small things uh, we really need to find how to uh, find gratefulness and how to enjoy uh, life that one thing I've learned is this this has really bothered me over the last few years and, and and I don't know if it's just my age or what I'm going through right now or whatever. This is really bothered me, and I'm just being honest. I didn't think you, you probably never thought you could going to come to Sunday service and, and serve as counselors and listen to a therapy session, but here you go. Uh, regret is, is a killer. I, I, I deal with that all the time. Like, I, I, I read a poll not too long ago of people in, in um, assisted living and nursing homes, people who were in their 80s and 90s, and they asked him, what, uh, what would you change in your life? And the, almost, the, almost every answer was the same. It was like 80, 90%, it was crazy high, the same answer. I would take more risk in my life. I would take more chances. <laughs> You know, now I don't know. You can interpret that however you want to interpret that, but how I interpret it is that I want to live life without regrets. But the thing is, I, I am I'm hounded by regrets. But you need to allow your regrets to leave you some bitter lessons. Allow your regrets to leave you some bitter lessons, so that you don't regret tomorrow. And when you're following, if you're a person who follows Jesus, if he can put everything that you have ever done sinfully and nail it to that cross and wash you as white as snow, remove your sin as far as east is from the west, then why can't you go on to tomorrow without regrets? Why can't you forgive yourself? Why can't we tend to move on? And here's the thing. When we carry this stuff with us from day to day, we don't enjoy life. I believe if anyone ought, like I said, if anyone ought to enjoy life, it ought to be people who follow Jesus, the author and creator of life. If anyone ought to enjoy life. And the reason we don't is because we hang on to so many things. And we have decided that we are our own, uh, uh, what do you go, solution maker but as as we already read, we're the ones that create the complexity. Maybe we need to change authority in our life. Maybe the authority that needs to change in our life is to change from us deciding every single thing to allowing God. Because this is the last word of advice. Well, I got a couple more, actually. Two more. One uh, word of advice. And this comes right out of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Fear God and love God. At the end of this book, Solomon talks about how all these things are just meaningless in life. But the one thing that ever, the things that mean anything is to fear God and love God. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of God. And what is the greatest commandment that Jesus said? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. To fear God and to love God, that is what is left at the end of time. To fear God, to love God, is the simple message of the Bible. To fear God, to love God. Now how do you know if you're fearing God? My chihuahua can be a demon. (laughs) One day it got out and just took off. I was coming back from something. uh, I was working out and I had my backpack full of clothes. And my wife goes, will you please go chase the dog down? I wasn't happy about this. (laughs) As I see the little demon screeching across the yard... Way far away, as I had to walk, oh, at least 100 yards. I yelled at him, he would not come back, and I saw him running, so I threw my backpack in front of him, hoping to scare him back into my direction. I nailed him. <laughs> I mean, hard. And he just went, neep, 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 and he ran all the way home in the front door where my wife was standing. I picked up my backpack, walked back. <laughs> now, this is the truth. This is the absolute truth. All I have to do now is go outside and go, get in here! <laughs> here he comes. Doesn't matter where he goes. Thank you, thank you. Now, I did not mean to hit him with a backpack. That's the honest truth. I did not mean to. And if you knew me, you might think I did, but I didn't. <laughs> but that dog is afraid of me. <laughs> now, you wouldn't know it my wife takes these stupid pictures of me holding it and him getting up on my lap and her making me turn on his heating pad. He has a heating pad now for some reason. <laughs> He's got bad knees. <laughs> my point is, though, is that like he, he had this... It took a while, but after that event... Life changed. He actually started to fear me in a good way that benefited the whole family. the, The truth is, the message is really simple when it comes to God. He says, fear me. And Jesus said it this way, in a lot more kind of strict way. Instead of fearing men and women, why don't you fear God who can send your body and soul to hell? I mean, my goodness, I can't imagine all the, I just can't, I'm blown away by the conversations that we have and we think of the trickle-down effects of of listening to other people. Oh my gosh, what are the trickle-down effects of not listening to God, our Savior? What are the trickle-down effects of not listening and fearing God and loving God? And you want to know how, do you fear God? Let me know, here's a way to know. Does he even Get, uh, let alone consulted, does he ever even get considered in your decisions? That's, that's how you know whether or not you fear God. You know, for me, in the little decisions in life, am I going to get upset after I watch 30 minutes on my hands and knees looking for that pill? I mean, do I even consider God in that moment? Do I even consider my relationship with Jesus? Do I, do I fear him? Do I love him? Here's the last one. Obey the simple things. He, the, the, listening to the Holy Spirit has got to become a habit. I was going to read a passage, but because of time, we're not going to do that. But I'm going to tell you where the passage is: Second Kings, chapter five, verses ten through fourteen. Let me tell you the story very quickly. Elisha, prophet of God, was uh, there was a Syrian general by the name of Naaman, and Naaman uh, finds out he has he, he finds out he's he's a he's big warrior. He's, he's very popular, you know, with this country and everything, and he ends up having leprosy. Humbles him quickly. He has a servant girl who is actually uh, Hebrew, and she tells him that there's a, back home, there's a prophet who could, God would actually heal you, take care of you. And so he, he uh, actually goes with his, his servants, and he brings a bunch of money, equivalent of like a couple hundred, $300,000 worth of money, to, to pay off this Prophet to, to heal him. And when he gets there, Elisha is so cool because Elisha doesn't even come outside. <laughs> he stays in the house. And the guy's like, you know, you can almost see him walking back and forth, yelling, is, you're gonna come out here, you're gonna heal me. You know, this kind of thing. And so what happens is Elisha sends a servant out and tells him, Just go tell the guy, go dip yourself seven times in the Jordan, which is a real muddy, gross river. Dip yourself in there seven times and you will be healed. And what happens? Naaman gets extremely angry. No way! can I do this simple thing? I mean, this is ridiculous. I was expecting you to come out and do this big, this big thing and tell me, you know, you're healed and stuff like that. What happened to that? That didn't happen. Now you're telling me to go, you know, jump in some river? We have cleaner rivers back home. I'll just swim there. Well, on his way home, because he's bad, he's not going to do it, his servant turns to him and says, hey, if he would have told you to do something incredible, something complicated, you would have done it in a heartbeat. But because he told you to do something simple, you're refusing. What happened to Naaman? He went down and on the seventh time, his skin was clean, he was new. You know what, the simplest message of the Lord our God is John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You see, here's the thing. God has made it simple. He's fought the whole fight, but yet we fight. We fight it. And some of you have never given your life to Jesus Christ because, oh, it just can't be that simple. But if God would ask you to do something incredible and complicated, then maybe you would consider it no, what he's asked you to do is simple, but hard for you, which is to surrender. Now that is true with salvation, and that is also true with our daily walk. With our daily walk. So as we go into this, we're gonna have a time of communion, and I'm gonna ask if you, uh, make sure that you, uh, if you have your communion uh, cups, uh, it's got the bread on top and the, and the juice underneath, and I just I want us to have uh, uh, to be thinking about a couple things as we go through communion time here. They're going to play a song, and while they're playing the song, we're going to take communion. Whenever you feel like it, on your own. But I want you to be in this in this time while we're while we're listening to the music or singing or just concentrating. I, I would I would I would love it if you would just turn your attention and just ask us you know a simple prayer. And the, the very thing that Jesus meant, I think, when he was sitting at communion and, and passing, passing the bread around and, and the juice is to just, God, will you teach me to get out of the way and just accept and receive your simple truth? Will you, will you teach me to accept and receive your simple truth? You came up, a lot of you have come up clean after simply just accepting the gift that God has given you, there is no greater joy than in this supper right here that we take together. No greater reminder. And if you're struggling with God, this is the time to get right with God. Let's pray. Father, we pray more than anything that, that you might teach us, lead us, mold us, make us. Father, we want to be simple. We, we want to just love you. We want to follow you. We want to fear you. Father, I, I pray that we might just learn, even though we have so many reasons why we don't want to accept the simple message of Jesus, why we don't even want to accept his forgiveness, why we don't even want to accept his ways. Oh, Father God, teach us to just drown out, you know, have the voices drown out around us in this world right now. Father, I pray that we take advantage of this moment right here, right now in quiet before you. Oh God, simplify our lives. Help us to be open for the power of the Holy Spirit to listen to what you have for us the next few weeks. Oh Father, we, we want to have our inward, our inward reality reflect our outward reality. So Father, bring us to, to our knees. Bring us to your feet. Remind us of what it what it means to be yours and to be clean. You have made us clean. You've you wiped away our regrets. Oh Father, why just help us to trust you. In Jesus' name I pray.